You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast brought to you by ascully.com. And here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, listeners. Hello, Sid Talk. Oh, hello. Since I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't. <laughs> I was focused on you, but not you. A digital you that I've created in The Sims. A digital you. <laughs> yes. Uh, not as good. Don't, it's not like an all-improved version. He's a little less, you know, of everything. His hair is not quite right. But he's got your glasses and your face and your clothes. Nice. So he's pretty close. And I get to tell him what to do constantly. So, I mean, that's a Just like in real life. <laughs> As if. <laughs> I wish. What's your um, before the after the show discussion? Uh, you were trying to get the sound right. Yeah, annoying. Yeah. Audio is annoying. And my before the after the show activity was just sitting here playing The Sims 4. True. You were. So it and is. And I continue to do so. Saturday, March the 16th. And this is, after the show, 574. We're a movie review podcast. And we're about to review a movie called Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's a 2018 movie. The winner of one Academy Award. Sid Talk. Did you know that? I did. I was there with you when it happened. It's released on Blu-ray on March the 19th. So you can pick this up this week. It's rated PG. And our friends at Sony sent us a copy for review... So, Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, it's a Spider-Man, animated Spider-Man. What's a Spider-Man? Uh, apparently, <laughs> I've never read a comic book uh, of this sort. I've seen several movies, so I kind of grasp the concept. Somebody, and with the multiverse, it could be anybody, not just Peter Parker, gets bit by... Like, mm, a science experiment spider from the local villain's uh, big corporation. Right? This one's a different one than we've seen in other Spider-Man movies. But uh, gets bitten by a spider that's sort of nuclear active or something. Atomic. Crazy. Whatever. And then takes on spider qualities and becomes a superhero. And in this one, it's animated. It's a new kid. We get a little glimpse into this multiverse idea that there's, if you have ever heard the theory that there's multiple dimensions going on at once. And so in this one, Peter Parker is this type of person. And in another one, he's another type. And another one, the spider bites a different person and a different person, a different person. And now they're all sort of converging. That is a good explanation of this movie. Thank you. All right. So um, what did you think of this movie? I loved it. I loved it. And I mean, I cried. I laughed out loud. It's charming and sweet and moving. I mean, it's all the things. Um, what What did you think of the animation style? You you like artwork? Uh, yeah, I loved so. it. I loved it. I mean, I understood <clears throat> very quickly, as you will explain later with some of the complaints, what the style, what they were going for. Like, it was just pretty obvious. And I loved it. Loved it the whole time. All of it. Yeah, the animation weird style. When it, yeah, it's you have to let go of your thing where you're like, well, that's not possible because it's a cartoon. Just let it go. Yeah. Let it be what it is, you know? 
I think the animation style is one of the most striking styles I've seen. Because mm. as soon as I saw the trailer or whatever we saw for this movie, a clip from it, I think when Venom came out, it had a clip from the movie on it and we watched it. And I was like, wow, I've not seen any, you know, I've not seen that before. That's unique looking. And it's kind of a mixture, isn't it? It's Sometimes it looks like stop motion models to me. Sometimes it looks like, like a Pixar CG thing. Sometimes it looks like like comic book panels, just flat. It's got like a mixture going on of all different things. I like how they superimpose like the words on the screen like they do in the comic books. Like sometimes just stylist, you know, it's just yeah. style. Like where he's, where he's falling off the building and it says like, no, going all the way down. Yeah. You know, I like those moments because they really bring you back to comics. Yeah, it's not pretending that it's nothing to do with comic books. It's fully in the we are a comic book universe. Yeah, it's like you're reading the comic book and it just came to life. Like it started moving. The panels move in, everything's... And I've heard people have like complaints about the animation and I think it's really strong, the animation. I mean, it won an Academy Award for the animation. It's It's very strong. I don't see anything to complain about, you know? It's... It's... It's those people that we don't understand Yeah, what they're seeing. But, you know, hey, everyone has their own eyeballs. Now, uh, how I feel about this movie, and I said to you as it ended, I think that's my favorite Spider-Man movie, let alone, you know. Yeah. Like, even out of, I've seen all the, all the Spider-Man movies, and out of all of them, this is the only, I think this is the only animated one I've seen, and there are some animated, well, they're animated TV shows. But um, I just liked the story of it because they just went all out. It was like, um, you know, because you're animated, you can do crazy things. And the whole ending of this film is some crazy thing, what's going on. I don't think it would have been as good if it was like a live action movie, that ending. Because the multiverse thing and how the multiverse is shown in this movie with all the colors and, you know, it's... Agree, yeah. Yeah, it... The animation makes that really exciting and fun to look at. If it was just, they were trying to do it in one of the big Marvel movies, I don't think it would have come across as fun. I also like the idea of, did you, do you know about the multiverse and the Spider-Verse? And No, I mean, I understand the idea of multiple dimensions. Right. In, like, science, people think that, which yeah, I, I mean, it's very scientific. It's just a sci-fi thing as well, isn't it? Like um, a, I mean, it's a thing that some real scientists think. And it's, you know, some people are saying comic books. So, well, it's just a very cheap, like, trick that you can pull. So you can write a hundred comic books about Spider-Man instead of ten, right? I think that's a fair assessment. Right. that it's a way to expand because I was even thinking while I was watching it, like with the comic book, with any stories that we tell and you say you write Spider-Man comics for 10 years at some point, you're going to hit a wall of like, Oh, I mean, I've told, I've had him save MJ a thousand times. I've had him (laughs) save Aunt May a thousand times. I've had a bad guy who wanted to destroy the world, destroy the city, destroy the country. Oh, a, you know, aliens who want to enslave the earth and destroy the galaxy, suck up all your, and you know, you're, you're going to run out of things. And then you go, wait a minute, what if 
it's not Peter Parker. What if it's a woman and everything's just a little bit weird? Oh, yeah. That would make it more visually interesting. I can tell a different story. Like, I can bring a villain back that's a little bit different than he was before. Doing a little bit different thing and dealt with in a little bit different way, but it's familiar and all that stuff. So I just think it's a bit of a trick. trap. Yeah, a bit of a trap. But also interesting. It's so. also a trick, uh, kind of a trick where you can, like any continuity, you can just say, well, that there isn't any <laughs> because this is a different universe to the one that you're thinking of. So we can do what we want in this one. Exactly. Like, oh, nope, that never happened. Right. Um, but in this movie, how they all coexist alongside each other, I thought it was really well done. And it's it could get complicated and convoluted, I think. But it didn't here, like, because they brought spoilers. There are some spoilers in this review. They brought different spider people, as they called them, into the fray. So we had Spider Man and an Spider Woman. Spider Woman and Spider Ham, which is a pig, <laughs> and Noir, Noir Spider Man, and who else? Oh, the anime type Spider Man. And the other Peter Parker. Right. Who's also, but he's kind of like... Peter B. Parker. Peter B. Parker, who has made a lot of bad decisions in his life. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of a pot belly and whatnot, so yeah. But he's he, Peter B. Parker's like the Spider-Man you know, but like his life has fallen apart version of him. I mean, he's, does, he's yeah. done all the things. He's not Mr. Shiny and perfect. Right. Um, so, which they kind of explored a little bit in those Tobey Maguire movies. They, I didn't yeah. go off the rails, didn't they, on one of them? Um, so it's real fun when they all get together and like, it's silly, but it completely works. Like, I mean, there's a, there's a spider ham. <laughs> it's a cartoon, almost like based on like the Looney Tunes cartoons from back in the day. Yeah. That's what I thought they're going for. Yeah. And he's a, like a slapsticky, he's a pig and he's wisecracking and where that seems silly, it totally fits. Like, because you're like, oh. I mean, to be honest, it's my least favorite part of the whole thing. But Yeah, but I mean, it works. Like, I, because when they explain, oh, well, there's this one, there's that one, this one. And then I, can't, then I was thinking, wow, so we get to see, what, six or seven of them here? Like, there's obviously more than that. You know, I, the, my, I'm like, what the hell? What are all the other ones? Like, yeah. you know, the, is there an elephant, Spider-Man? Is there... Like an alien Spider-Man is, you know, what it's limitless, really, what they can do with it. So I'm interested to see more. I'm, sh I bet they do more of this. I couldn't think, you know, I couldn't think after its success they wouldn't. Yeah. But um, I think Miles Morales in this, and I've just played the Spider-Man video game on uh, PlayStation Four, and Miles was a huge part of that story too. And it's kind of it's very similar in that. As he is to in this movie, actually. The way they portray him. He even looks like him. Um, I think Miles is a really, really, like, he's, he's like inspirational in some way. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, 100%. Like, there's parts in this movie where I'm like, like, 12-year-old version of me is like, wants to be Spider-Man right now. <laughs> you know? I want to be that Spider-Man. I want to put on that outfit that Miles has got, which is, funnily enough... Just a costume that he bought from the store, a Spider-Man costume. Yeah, and it doesn't fit very well. It kind of 
his eyes. You can. It's it's not very good, is it? His outfit at the beginning, anyway. Um, and there's a Stan Lee cameo when he's buying his costume here, which is awesome. It might be my favorite Stan Lee cameo because he's it's the animated version of Stan Lee. Yeah, I like that. And what he says is like, you know, what he says. What does Miles say? What can I bring it back if it doesn't fit? And he says, "It'll, it'll fit. They all fit eventually." Yeah, it's just a really, it's good, sweet, sweet. And now Stan is gone. It's, it kind of makes you, oh, you know. <laughs> um, but it does everything that the big Marvel movies do in an animated form. And a little bit more to me because you are watching drawings, and yes, they're drawn on a computer. I, I I think a lot of it's drawn on the big digital tablets and whatnot. I mean, artists are rendering artwork, and lines and shapes and colors are bringing you to emotion. Like, you're reacting, you're feeling it, you're cheering, you're rooting. It's not just like, oh, that's a cute animation. Just like Toy Story 3 makes you like, oh, lump in your throat. (laughs) Up is the one that I always Yeah, and uh, just the first 15 minutes of Up makes you like blubbering baby. (laughs) Um, So I think it's more impactful to me because I'm not dismissing it because it's not live action. I'm totally in. And then you're just thinking about it. This is literally like I, you know, I see the world artsy fartsy i guess i see the lines and the shapes and how they do all the all the i mean i try to look at it i wish i could if i watch it again i'll pause a lot and like look at it you know how they drew it or created it or whatever and then i just think that's it's somebody's voice and some music and sound effects matched with drawings and i'm crying and i'm laughing and i'm like deeply like oh god or i'm really impressed with a character and how they are and how they move and sort of how they talk even i mean i just think that is more impactful to me even for some reason than watching a live action big action flick and there's some the um like the writing and the characterization here is really well done it's not like two-dimensional uh to pun to do a pun it's like <laughs> like the relationship between Miles and his father and his mother and his uncle, it all feels like real relationship. Yeah. You know? Like, like he's got an uncle who he thinks he's kind of cool because his uncle, like, does graffiti. And when he's on the screen, there's, like, cool music and cool yeah. colors and, yeah. And that relationship with his uncle, I, I really like. Like, it's he's like, oh, I escaped, like, my mom and dad are doing my head in. I go over to my uncle. My uncle's cool, and he lets me do graffiti in the train station. And, you know, he, he lives in a cool place, and it just all feels really... And, you know, when the mother and father, when he Miles has gone missing for a little while, yeah. and like, concerned for him, all that stuff, you're like, wow, this is more than, like, an animated thing. I actually feel, I, I, you know, I care about Miles, like... Exactly. <clears throat> the action set pieces, and my favorite one, was not the end, actually... It was the bit where they swung through the forest and then they had to break into the lab to get the computer. Yeah, that was good. It was just, it was like really perfect. I thought it was like, visually it was really cool because they swing through this like, it looks like a Japanese forest. It's not because they're in America, right? But it's like a blossom forest. But they swing through the forest while Peter B. Parker is kind of mentoring the new Spider-Man here. And then... 
they do a mission where they have to steal this computer. And it's just full of comedy all the way through it. It's really funny because there's just some, you know, the part where Peter's, Peter's one of Miles's skills is he can go invisible. He's invisible and he's carrying the computer and the monitor. Yeah. And then yeah. the other Spider-Man <laughs> says, hey, we don't need the monitor. <laughs> I've got some good news. We don't need the monitor. You know, there's the- things like that where it's like, it's like, wow, well, you know, it's just funny things. Oh, like they make the joke a couple of times in this about like USB. You can never get it in the right way. Yeah. And he, Spider-Man's like trying to put the USB key in. You know, it's got a lot of, <laughs> it's like that. Are you talking about nerd humor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's that and it's just, I don't know, it's just extremely engrossing or something. More than some of the live action ones have been for me. I was like, this is like, this is almost the perfect embodiment of Spider-Man because I remember Spider-Man from the comics and this is like the comics. It's, you know, it's artistic first off and it's, I don't think, I think you could pause any frame of this movie and make a cool picture out of it. I agree. It just looks cool to me. There's so many things and things that you miss, I think, because it moves really quick. So, like, when they're doing... You know that action sequence where he's dragging Peter B. Parker along behind him and they're going through the mm-hmm. city over the cars? There's so much detail in that and there's so many, like... Like, where, every time he goes over a car, they do that, like, poof, bam, boof, you know, like all those comic booky things. Yeah, I love that. I feel like when you're wa- watching it once, it's just all, whoa, like, there's so much to see and all that stuff, so I would like to go back and see that. Um, It's got, like, a... The soundtrack is not to my taste, but I get what they're going for. You know, it's yeah. um, it's a lot of rap and it's a lot of like really modern rap, like um, Post Malone and stuff like that. I actually kind of liked it because I feel like it fit perfect. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, it totally fits with like Miles because we open on Miles sat in his bedroom with his earphones on listening to some rap music. <laughs> and it's the thing that calms him down. Like if he needs to get away from stuff. There's this particular rap song he hears in his, in his earphones, and he, it mellows him out. Like, and they use that in the plot a little bit. But um, it's not my type of music. I wouldn't buy the album to listen to. But it works in the movie. I mean, you might like it better. It's the, it's like modern rap where there's a lot of auto tuning and singing. You know, true. It's not my type of stuff, but. There are moments in the movie, especially the time when there's a montage sequence where Miles finally becomes Spider-Man and he's flying through the city and he's diving off the buildings and they're playing a particular tune that it gives you that empowerment type of thing, doesn't it? Like you're like, oh, go on. Like Miles is going to be Spider-Man. Absolutely. It's one of those moments you're just like, oh. And yeah. then I'm I'm a grown-up. I'm 51 years old. And I'm thinking, I'm not a superhero. But what can I do? That's like really good <laughs> by the world. I can't save a bunch of people. I can't fly through the air. I don't. I can't be invisible. What can I do? What can I actually do as a person? That was actually going through my and mind. And that's their whole point with this movie at the end. Yeah, that you can do something great. Just We can all wear it. the mask. That's the, the the tagline at the end that Miles says. We can all wear the mask. Not that we can all jump or, jump over buildings and run up and down buildings, but there's something that everyone can do, right? And that's where the Spider-Verse kind of comes into it as well. So um, 
I, I think we both liked it. I think so. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. You actually would give it a 10 out of 10. I would because it there's not anything about it I would change. Not the length, not the dialogue, not the music, not the look of it, not the story. Um, I can't criticize anything either, really. I uh, also think it's well-deserved for the animating, the Oscar for animation, because it's very unique and it, I don't know, it's very striking. I, I Anybody who looks at it, I wouldn't, I would think they'd be like, wow, what's that? I've never seen something that looks yeah. quite like that. It's got like a stop-motion-y kind of jerkiness to it, but it makes it, that's what makes it really different. Like, it, it's, it's weird. It's hard to explain. Even if you look at the cover, the still, it doesn't do it any justice. Look at the cover to this movie. It doesn't. No, you doesn't, can't really. It's a mo. It's in motion. Yeah, the motion is what makes you go. Oh, this a is gray. unique. So let's move on to the. Obviously, this is a voice cast because you know these are animations. Sorry, kids, it's not real. So Miles Morales is played by Shamik Moore. I recognized his face. I don't know who he is though, but I thought he he was fantastic. He was my favorite thing in it. The the personality he brought to him. Absolutely. You know when he's like going to school at the beginning and like he's nervous around the girl and all that stuff? It's just really, really on point. Like it's it's like it's a kid. And he's not a kid, this voice actor. He's, he's a man. But uh, yeah, I really liked him. Um, what do you think of Miles? Do you like him? Yeah, I cannot. There's no voice that I didn't like because I was... Convinced each one of them was that person. So I thought they all did great. We've got like Jake Johnson as Peter B. Parker. I really liked him because very funny, but also kind of a bit sad because of what's gone on in his life. Yeah. Like he's the, you know, he's lost MJ. He's been through a relationship with her. He's lost her. You know, his, his life was kind of poop, <laughs> but he was trying to be, trying to be a mentor to him. Uh, Haley Steinfeld, who you might have seen in the latest Transformers movie, which we will be reviewing soon. She plays Gwen Stacy. And I think she was your favorite, right? Yes, she's my favorite character, definitely. So we're talking Gwen Stacy like the way she slash Spider-Woman. Yeah, the way yeah. she looks, the way she's drawn, the way she is as Gwen and as Spider-Woman. Loved it. Yeah, she was really... The, I loved the costume, the Spider-Woman costume, because she's a dancer, as Gwen Stacy, and she's wearing the ballet, ballet shoes, and the way she moves is ballet-ish, you know, the way she jumps around. and Definitely, she's got grace. Uh, this guy, who we, we, we're seeing all over the place at the moment, Marshella Ali, the Oscar winner, right? Mm-hmm. Moonlight and Green Book. <laughs> I'm trying to think I think his name is Ali Mahershala. Mahershala Ali. We're actually watching him in True Detective at the moment, and I said to you when that last episode ended, "This is some next level acting shit." <laughs> it was him and the other guy. What's the other? What's his partner? Stephen Dorff. Yeah, he was really good. Who I've never really thought that much of Stephen Dorff. I've always thought, oh, you know, he's okay and stuff. But holy crap, when he's alongside, it's really commercially. good. Yeah, it's it's like they're a perfect team. And it's not like we're biased toward that show just because we love the first one, because then the other one was like. Mm. The second one was... Eh. I mean, it was fine, but it wasn't like... The first one, you're just watching like, more, 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 give me more. And then <clears throat> the second one, it's got its own little weirdness going on, but it doesn't quite get in your guts the same. And now this one, you're just... I was, I'm like hypnotized every time we're watching both of them. 
Yeah, this one, um, funnily, like the, if you thought that first season of True Detective was um, like awesome, I think this one has moments of better than that, acting-wise. Oh, yeah, definitely. Between these two guys. So, yeah, we're not talking about True Detective. <laughs> Mahershala Ali plays Uncle Aaron, and Uncle Aaron plays a big part in the movie, kind yeah. of. He's not in it a lot. Don't be an uncle in a Spider-Man movie. No, don't. It's a, or in a Spider-Man story. <laughs> Spoiler. I, th- You know, when he spoke, um, did you know it was Mahershala Ali? I did not, but I was really into him. I thought he was awesome. I thought it was Common. Mm. Okay. Like, it sounds a bit like Common. And I really thought it was Common. Explain. Hmm? Common is actually a person. Yeah, Common, the rapper guy. You might have seen him in Fast and the Furious movies. Um, I thought it was him. And then at the end, I was like, oh, wow, it was Mahershala. Awesome. Um, Lily Tomlin plays Aunt May. Aunt May's kind of got a good attitude. I like her attitude. Oh, I do too. I loved it. She doesn't get to do much, but she was awesome. No, but she's kind of badass. Like when she's, she's like. She knows everything. Yeah. Um, you can't scare her. That's for sure. No. Uh, and because of the multiversey thing in this version of Spider-Man, Aunt May has gone through a loss in this version. <laughs> you know? She always Probably. has. She always does. Yeah, but I mean. We all know this. Yeah. But not not just a loss of a husband, a loss of Peter. Oh, true. So when when Miles comes to Aunt May, you know, I felt all that too. Like it was like, oh wow, Spider Man actually died in this version. It's not really a spoiler because it, it can be any different version, right, of this Spider Man yeah. story. Um, Zoe Kravitz plays Mary Jane. I didn't actually know it was her. Um, Mary Jane doesn't talk a whole bunch. No, she's good, but she is good. Yeah, I mean, when he bumps into her. When Peter B. Parker bumps into her in the party and he's like, she's like, I just need some bread. <laughs> yeah, Because he's like, a, he's, a, he's disguised as a waiter. But he's like going through this, like, <laughs> I've lost this girl. and <laughs> But that's not his it's hard girl. It's to explain unless you're watching. Yeah, that's yeah. not his girl. That's a different universe version of his girl. It's very funny. Um, I didn't know it was Zoe Kravitz. Um, John Mulaney plays Spider-Ham. He's a comedian guy and Spider Ham. I'll be honest; it's just my least favorite thing of the whole movie, and I still liked it. So yeah. that explains how much I like this movie. I, I kind of liked it because it was so out there. It was like, well, there's the cool one, what Nicholas Cage plays, and then there's the silly one, and there's the anime one, and there's the what would you class um, Gwen Stacy's one as just cool, right? Like she's the yeah, sophisticated. Um, Nicholas Cage plays Spider-Man Noir, and he's like the bla- the black and white, black and white nineteen thirties forties like gumshoe kind of Spider-Man that they did in the comics. And he, I think he plays it just right. You can't immediately, you know, it's Nicholas Cage, absolutely. <laughs> but um, he, it's got the right amount of craziness to like pull him off. And then finally, leave Schreiber we all know, plays Wilson Fisk. And the Wilson Fisk in this comic, in this one, it's crazy looking. It's like a, it's like a monster. (laughs) It is. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) does everyone in this world just accept the way that he looks? Oh, they must. And uh, and I kept looking at him thinking, how did he go through that doorway? There's no way they could have got him. They must have had to push him through sideways. And accommodate. (laughs) Um, Because we've just watched like Daredevil and we're used to that version of Wilson Fisk, which is still a big guy. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. D'Onofrio. But uh, this guy is a, like a tiny little head and a giant body. And it's like, 
I, I kept like thinking, a big square body. Yeah, it's hard to describe. You just gotta watch it. When he first came on the screen, I was like wincing. I was like, oh, oh, that guy's scary. Like he's big. Like how the hell do you deal with him? And deal with him they do. So this is directed by three different people. Bob Pashensky. Bob? No, sorry, Bob. Say Bob's name, will you? I'm not looking at it, but let me see here. Hmm. I got it completely wrong. Persichetti. There you go, Bob. Persichetti. There you go, Bob. Hopefully um, you guys right. Hopefully my butchering, <laughs> that made up for me butchering it. Peter Ramsey and Rodney Rothman. The three animators. They've done lots of different animation. I was looking at the resumes, but not like a movie together like this. Um, I, I can never review directors of animated movies. I find it difficult because I don't know what they... I don't, because what they've done is, with the art director and the drawing and all that stuff, they've decided what the shots are going to look like and the performances, how they're going to sound, just like any other movie. Hmm. And so if they're sitting there watching and the animator hasn't risen that eyebrow enough or the voice actor hasn't like given it enough whatever, they're there to form what they see it becoming. It's not just like free-for-all. So I think... In animation, it's even more important to have somebody in charge because otherwise you've got whoever's drawing, you know, the pig and whoever's drawing noir and whoever's drawing that and whoever's over in the booth with the voice people. If it's all not brought together very, very carefully, you don't get a nice movie like this is. So I think it's even more important. So um, last week I apologized because... I didn't do the IMD re- B reviews. I when <laughs> everyone we finished, was most crying because of it. When we finished the podcast, I was like, "Oh, there was bet there was some really good reviews I could have read there, and I forgot to do." It. <laughs> so this week, I will just to it. explain what he does is read the negative reviews in the voice he imagines the person. What that they're as they're typing, they're saying the words out loud to their computer screen, <laughs> and this yes. is how they sound. <laughs> okay. All right, so... Are these for Spider-Man or for last week? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. All right, so this is the first IMDb re- review I found. My eyes. <laughs> I don't understand this movie. I couldn't even finish it because of the god-awful animation. The way the characters moved disorientated me and hurt my eyes so very bad. <laughs> I had to leave the theater. I was determined to finish the movie, so I came back and just listened to it with my eyes shut. Oh, my God. Even then, it was awful. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you imagine this story of this person? Why are, you, why are you sharing this with the world? They're in the cinema, and they're watching, and they're like, wow, this, is, this animation's really hurting my eyes. I'm leaving. And they're, as they're leaving, they're walking away, they're getting in the car... And then they're like, oh, hold on. I'm not leaving. I'm going back to watch that with my eyes shut. I'm determined to watch or yes. not watch. I'm determined to experience this movie so <laughs> I can go home or get in my car and get on my phone and write a crappy little nonsensical review. High aspirations there, people. Um, I don't understand. I don't understand. Here's number two. Terri- terribly boring. I'm only happy that in some parallel universe I never went to see this movie. So I give that one some. I give that one a good mark because <laughs> it's actually funny. In the spirit of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's get some good ones here. Oh, good bad ones or good good, good ones. Good bad ones. Okay. 
I felt abused as a spider fan. Everything that was Spider-Man and Peter Parker was abused in this piece of video. Piece of video? (laughs) I have grown up watching Peter Parker and Spider-Man and getting inspired by him. This movie and a lot... This movie... Anna, I can't say this word. Annihilation. He actually said the word annihilation. Not an, this movie annihilated this. No. This movie, annihilation of it, of all of it. It's a junk made with a thought. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it puts every Spider-Man fan to shame. A very poor story that makes no sense. Movie is just commercial cheap flick. Even as action movie, it remained dead. Would inspire none. As it, did he just like choose random words? <laughs> <laughs> Strange to see critics like it. Well, critics usually binge junk. Either way, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, Interesting. Thank you, Mokuma underscore thirteen. Thank you. Thank you for sharing the whatever that is with us. Um, good reading, good reading, good uh, work. I've got good some work. more. Overrated. Oh, God. It's overrated at crap. It's not even good and babyish. I hope the sequel bombs the box office. It's not even good and babyish. It's it sounds like there's no punctuation there. Is that, is that true? <laughs> Are you saying there's no punctuation there? I read it there? just as it's wrote. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no interpretation whatsoever? Impressive. I just don't understand. I mean, if you want to write a thing where you give a little bit fuller about your experience, I guess saying that it made your head hurt or that you had to close your eyes. But how's it beneficial to anyone? How's it actually expressing anything about the art of the movie? It it says more about you than it does about the movie. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Thanks. God awful. Awful. Just gave me a headache. Poorly made. Wouldn't recommend to anyone, especially Marvel fans. Definitively. Yeah. No Marvel fan will ever like this movie. And if they do, they're not a real fan. Is it the and my final one is I walked out of the theater from Ravi two four four five. Ah. Weird story. Even for a cartoon story with a lot of poetic license. Storyline makes no sense. On top of that, psychedelic lights slash pictures and loud, disconcerting music jumps out at you every few minutes. After a few minutes, I was worried that the rest of the movie would continue to suck and was hoping for a reprieve. However, that never came. After looking every which way to justify sitting in the theatre, I could not. I walked out for the last bit. I think the wisdom of the public... 97% 97% rating on Rotten Tomatoes has failed for this movie. <sighs> the movie really, really sucks. I guess this is what results after the studios have squeezed out the story every which way to commercialize it. <laughs> to, com- to commercialize a comic book story that's been <laughs> making millions of dollars for the last, what, 50 years? Yeah, yes. we wouldn't want to commercialize that. And we wouldn't want to tell the story another way. It's not like the true story of Peter Parker's life. I mean, my goodness. I just, I'm boggled. I'm boggled by people. All right, so extras on the Blu-ray. There are a bunch. There's actually an alternate universe mode, which gives you some 
extra scenes added in. Also some pop-up plot lines, character info and more. There's a We Are Spider-Man featurette. There's a Spider-Verse A New Dimension featurette. There's a tribute to Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. If you, you might not know Steve Ditko's name as much as you know Stan Lee's. But they both died last year and Steve Ditko was the artist for Spider-Man and Stan Lee was the creator. What did you think of the... Uh, the extras were all good. The ones that we watched were actually all really, like, kind of thorough and thoughtful, not just little promo pieces like we always hate the, to say. There's also an all-new movie that you want to see in the theaters called Spider-Ham Caught in a Ham. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't it, a big fan of no, that. No, well, you, I, I actually really liked the part where you saw the desktop and stuff. <laughs> where, where yeah, like, that was cute, yeah. but overall it wasn't like a little it's gem just like a, a It's like a Looney Tunesy kind of style yeah. cartoon like the thing that he would be in in his universe yeah and i i found it kind of cool it's like one of those pixar things where you see a little a little thing before but this one's but special. not that kind of quality no but this <clears> one's specially you won't have seen this one even if you saw the movie in the theaters so um in conclusion i highly recommend if you're a spider fan well but apparently not well, well, if you're, you're one of those idiots on IMDb. You are, can we say you are a Marvel fan? Yes. And you did enjoy this movie? Yes. So that gentleman was incorrect? Yes. I guess I, yeah. I, Fair enough. I enjoyed this movie a hell of a lot. <laughs> and I will watch this movie more than once. Because it is really good. It's also, um, because it's a PG. There's nothing objectionable about this movie. You watch it with your kids. I think you'll have a great time. Agreed. You know, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything scary or it's just like inspirational. It's like got a message to it. I think it'll make you feel like your kids feel like, yeah, Spider-Man or Spider-Woman or Spider-Ham. You know, at the end, you're going to like something about it. <laughs> I think you'll definitely you'll like something, anything. So uh, thanks to Sony for sending us a Blu-ray for review. Next week, we're going to review the horror movie Overlord by um, Bad Robot Pictures. No, J.J. Abrams people. All so right. uh, we'll look at Overlord next week. Movie recommendations. I am going on the theme of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And the writers of this, Lord and Miller, they also wrote the Lego movie. Um, so I'm going with the Lego movie. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. <laughs> and uh, because I've not seen Nicolas Cage for a while, and he pop he's even in the extras of this, showing you him doing the voiceovers. Uh, I'm going with Wild at Heart, my favorite Nicolas Cage movie. It's David Lynch. It's very weird. It's from the early 90s. See it. If you're a David Lynch fan, you've already seen it. And if you're a Nicolas Cage fan, you've probably seen it. But it's not for the kids. I'll tell you that. Uh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> um, and what are yours? Mine are a couple of animations. One of my first and favorite um, Pixar my favorite Pixar, actually, is A Bug's Life. I think it might be my favorite, it too. It just, you know, it just is. It's sweet and charming, and I love it. I've always loved it from the first second I ever saw it. And then my other one has to be, if we're talking about <clears throat> animation appreciated by an adult, you will attest to this, <laughs> that there's a TV show that I watch a lot because I DVR it or whatever you call it, and I will watch an episode 50 times. 
You watch it, it a lot. <laughs> I don't sit and watch it, except for the new one. If a new one comes out, I'll sit and watch it, and maybe one other time. But then I just have it on. Or Also, it's my thing to go to sleep at night. I turn it on. Then if I fall asleep during it, then my tablet just goes off when that episode's done. And that is Bob's Burgers. Let me just... Um, we have a Plex server in the house, um, media server, which has all the Bob's Burgers on it. And let me just say, in the last 30 days... <laughs> you spying on me? <laughs> yeah, well, it keeps logs of what we listen to, what oh, we, what we uh, watch. For the la- in the last 30 days, you have watched 95 episodes of Bob's Burgers. <laughs> That's only three a day. <laughs> That's pretty good. Since the beginning of this year... No, sorry. Last year, 2018... You watched 791 episodes. Again, that's only about two a day, which isn't accurate. You're not watching it enough. <laughs> I need to up my stats. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, so yeah, she does watch that one a so lot. So if you've never seen it, I mean, I can't say it's going to be funny to you, or what. I have no idea what is about it that I can watch it over the same episode over and over and over and oh, laugh. Oh, don't I know and it. Laugh and laugh <laughs> and... <laughs> also have um, you guys memorized sometimes i dream about it because you're listening to it before i go to sleep <laughs> um this year there is a bob's burgers movie in theaters but so. i don't care about that that well, doesn't i'm interest sure me. you will watch it i'll watch it but it doesn't interest me i think people need to just stop just it's just well just see it as a giant episode that's what it is just that's a- fine but i just think people need to learn when to f- just let I mean, something be what it is. Like the Simpsons movie that came out. Yeah, it was no big deal. It was just a giant episode, wasn't it? Like yeah, a, a and it wasn't any better. It was actually more kind of boring, and I don't think it's necessary. So, no, I'm not the fan of anything. I'm not the fan of music. My favorite band is U2. I'm not the person who sits there foaming at the mouth at the thought of another album. If you stopped at Joshua Tree, that's fine with me. If you stopped at any of the other albums, that's fine with me. I will take what I have and appreciate it for what it is. I don't need to be greedy and have more and more and more. Well, you, whether you like it or not, you get in a movie. <laughs> All right. All right, fine. <laughs> um, Ace Scully stuff this week. I've been playing a few games this week. Number one would be Devil May Cry 5. Um, did you watch me play any of that? Devil oh, May Cry? I think so. so well, you're a crazy demon hunter. The world's gone to shit. Mm. It's very. It's by Capcom. The create is you know um, Resident Evil people. Yeah, I've heard um, of that. It's very silly uh, in a Japanese. The way Japanese are really silly with like it's it's really cool. It's all about being cool. Like this. Um, remember like old school fighting games like Street Fighter and stuff. It's like that, but it's like a story. But there's all combos and moves. You're playing as three different characters. They've all got their own sets of moves. You just fighting demons and killing big bosses and you're going through this story it looks really awesome it's got this crazy like only the japanese do like craziness what what is going on here like some of the dialogue you're like what the hell are they even saying it's just silly but sometimes that kind of thing works so that's devil may cry 5 i'm about halfway through i think um they've got like a character in it called v and he looks a bit like a Kylo Ren actor. And he's kind of this goth guy. And his fighting style is really cool because he's really weak and he's a magician. Um, so he can't actually fight people one-on-one. So what you have to do when you're playing as him is you have to like back off 
Stay away from the action. And he's got two pets that he can summon. He's got a panther and he's got a bird. The bird can do attacks from above and the panther does them from below. Is this a true story? So he um, (laughs) fights with the bird and the panther and you're controlling the bird and the panther. But you have to keep V himself away from the action because one hit will kill him. So, but the twist on that is when, when they're attacking an enemy, when the enemy is ready to die, they can't kill them. V actually has to hit them with his cane once to kill them. So it's this like juggling act of I've got to stay away from the enemies, let the pets attack the enemies. But then when the enemy is ready to be killed, they kind of glow a different color. I've got to get V in there quick to kill them, but then get out of there quick because I might get killed if I get hit by something. And it's this weird like ballet of like staying out of the way, making the pets attack, and then just like going in for the kill and then retreating again. And I've never really played any character like that. It's usually just run at the enemies, swipe with your sword, everything dies. You got to think about it a bit. It's a bit um, like the thinking man's uh, action. Don't go too far. It's really cool. It's like a very different way of doing it. So the other game I've been playing, and I've only played like, you know, maybe four hours, is Tom Clancy's The Division 2. Rest in peace, Mr. Tom Clancy. How's he still making these games when he left like a long time ago? Magic. Magic. Uh, The Division 2 is a sequel to The Division, obviously. It's like a, it's not a sci-fi story. It's like a what-if story. Some terrorists put this, like, nerve agent on America's money. It gets delivered to, like, the Mint, and then it gets distributed, and then people start becoming ill because of the nerve agent on the money. And then the strong survive is the idea. Like, some, it, it wipes out a bunch of people, but also some people survive. Some people become, like, weirdly strong and immune to things because of it. And they say at the beginning, do you have a gun? Does your neighbor have a gun? If you don't, you're, you don't survive. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, because of this, the state goes to shit and the, the government runs away. And you're in Washington, D.C. in this game and you're a member of the Division who are, they're not exactly the government, but they're a bunch of like-minded people who are trying to <laughs> restore order to D.C., or restore order to America. So, you know, you're going you're going in to these missions to like clear out like the last mission I did was to clear out the Martin Luther King Library, which was full of these terrorist guys. And they've modeled like it's so detailed. It's like I looked at some photographs of the Martin Luther King Library, and in the gate it's it's like everything is in its place. Well, not in its place in this because these assholes have trashed everything. But, um, you know, you're going through, you're doing missions. It's a looter shooter, kind of like Destiny. You're leveling up, you're getting better weapons. You're clear, you know, you're you're going through this Washington, D.C. map, which is really big, and you're clearing it area by area, and eventually you'll get to the end of the story and um, see what happens, I guess. But, uh, yes, The Division 2, I can't give you a massive thing about it because I only just started playing it. But I will say it looks awesome. You've seen this game, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. looked good. Um, I mean, I glanced at it. You shoot to stuff, which is always cool. And you level up and you get cool outfits and you 
cool guns and you know it's that kind of loop where it's like addictive to play because you're like well i could just have another go down this road and maybe i'll find some cool stuff so that's the division two and thirdly i just wanted to mention that black ops call of duty this weekend um until tuesday i believe is a free like they charge for all the dlc in in call of duty well they've opened it all up for free this weekend They've also put double XP on top of that, so you can go in the multiplayer, get double XP, and play all the maps you've never seen before if you've not bought the DLC. It's a way of encouraging you to, after the weekend, you're like, oh, well, I really like that map, so I'll buy them, but you can play them for free this weekend. I just wanted to mention that. So, Sid, what's for dinner? Leftovers. <clears throat> some leftover. I made tofu the last couple of days, and it's very delicious. Going to brown some of that up. Some French fries. And some vegetables. Nice. I know, pretty basic, but that's it. And what is your advice? Kind of like what it, you know, this movie brings up on you. If you want to do something great, and no, you probably can't fly like, you know, Superman, or and you don't have webs coming out of your hands like Spider-Man and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we can get tricked into thinking that's the only kind of greatness because we're all kind of suckers for fiction, but it's not really. If you want to do something great, like if you have a friend who's sick, having a hard time, and you can just go hang out with them for the day, but your first instinct's like, oh, I don't want to spend the whole day with a sick person. I mean, you think that, don't we? Yeah. Like, I don't want to use my whole day off to go and I'm going to hear a lot of, it's going to be sad. Well, the greatness in that is that other people think that and they don't go. And oh. you can think that and then go. Or how about, like, donate some stuff to a Goodwill? I don't oh. think that's really that great. I think that it's fine, but it doesn't do anything. You're so removed from it. Yeah. I think doing something great for another human being means doing it. Don't it's kind of the lazy way to do it, right? Oh, I'll throw some clothes over here at Goodwill and they can just do whatever they want, and then I can feel good about myself. But going to if you find out like um someone's house burns down and you go to the store, buy them something directly, or if they say, Oh my god, we've lost everything, then get them a Walmart card. If you want to do financial investment in this feeling good about yourself or doing something, that's fine. But I'm not something really I'm talking about. It's more like doing something great is more like lifting someone up. You know, babysit someone's kids who they haven't gone out for the night for a while. Or a lot of what I would gear to is people who aren't well or old people in your in your life or that you know of who are at nursing homes or they're probably very alone, a lot of people. And... A great thing to do is to be a part of their life for a day, to make some memories with them. It just enhances everybody's life, at least for a minute. Now, that's not jumping off a building and saving a, a bus that's been flung by a villain or anything. But if you accumulate all those days, then your life is more for doing those things. And I think that's great. You could also try, like, say, saving people from a villain. I mean, it depends. <laughs> I mean, if you join the military and you learn those kind of skills, or you're a person who's working on curing a disease, or a medical person, something where what you do is going to impact literally millions of people, potentially, or the lives of people. I don't have any of that, so I'm not going to be doing any of that. I'm not going to be going out on a 
in a war zone and saving a bunch of people. I mean, if something were to happen right in front of me, I would do what I can to save people. Yes, a car accident or a fire or something, but I don't know what I would do. I'm not trained. So if you're those people, chances are you're going to end up doing great things anyway, because it's part of what you're doing. But everybody else, the rest of us, I mean, if that's either do that or nothing, I would say don't do nothing. Do something. All right. So good. Well said. Thank you. You can uh, catch, uh, go to ascully.com, which is where the podcast lives and uh, the reviews. You can go to Twitter and Facebook. You can go to uh, Google Play Store. We're on there. The uh, iTunes Music Store, if you're an Apple person. TuneIn Radio, YouTube. We're also, just go ascully.com, click on the word podcast. All the options are there. You can just click them. There's links to everything. You can also catch Sid Talk on Instagram. She posts pictures of plants and stuff. <laughs> Currently, yes, lots of plants. Yeah. I'm trying to garden, so I'm growing things inside, and they're ever-growing. <laughs> you can email feedback to me at ascoli.com. Don't email Sidtalk. Like, here's the thing. I went out of town for a few days recently, like three days altogether, right? When I came back, my mind was this, I love you, and I was glad to see you, and I'm glad we had our little hug, and hello, hello, blah, blah, blah. But actually, what was on my mind was I wanted to see how much my seedling. I am offended. Much, <laughs> deeply offended. How much my seedlings had grown, <laughs> and then I was like, "Whoa, look at him!" <laughs> see, see how much he cares for me. <laughs> well, I see you every day, and you don't grow that much anymore. So you know, <laughs> I don't have to nurture you. <laughs> I didn't plant you as a seed, and now every day I'm like, "Oh, look how much you." Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> if it was like two weeks, maybe I'd be, no, then I'd probably be concerned that they died. So, you know, either way, I'm going to be into thanks. what my plans are up to. Well, You're welcome. thanks. You're welcome. Uh, all right. So um, I want to say stay classy, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, everybody involved in this movie, all of them. It was awesome. I agree. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you.